This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. Today, we're going to talk about the concertos of Duke Ellington. An interesting thing about Ellington, there's so many interesting things, is that the musicians who performed with him tended to stay with him for very long periods of time, which was very unusual. In most bands from the 20s and 30s and 40s, and even today, big bands, there's a very high turnover rate. In other words, a saxophone player could stay with the group for maybe six months, a year, maybe two years, then move on. With Ellington, musicians would stay for three, four, five, ten, fifteen, and in the case of Harry Carney, 45 years. He was the only baritone saxophonist Duke Ellington ever had. So consequently, when Ellington would write a part for baritone sax, he just wasn't writing for any baritone sax. He was writing for... Harry Carney, the way Harry Carney played his particular sound and his attack, the vibrato, his improvisational ability, it was like a custom-made suit compared to a buying a suit off the rack. Off the rack, it's going to fit you pretty good, but it's not like having a custom suit made. And I know this, I've been to Southeast Asia recently, and I had custom-made suits, and there's no comparison. Ellington had so many great musicians with him, especially from the period from about 1937 to 41, which is probably the greatest band he had. And each important person had a very unique sound. We can talk about the clarinet sound of Barney Bagard, who was an integral part of Ellington. Uh, Cootie Williams growling on the trumpet. Uh, Tricky Sam Nanton, the great trombonist. Johnny Hodges, the great alto saxophonist, whose sound is an integral part of the Ellington mystique. When we talk about Ellington, we have to talk about these individuals. It's not just Duke. It's the way Duke used the sounds of these individual musicians. Not all of them were great improvisers, but they all added something that together made the palette of Duke Ellington's music so rich. I guess if I can use a cooking term, so flavorful and really helped to differentiate Ellington from all the other bands that were very popular from this period. The concertos that he wrote featured one particular member of his orchestra. Now, if you think about the word concerto, that goes back to the Baroque and the classical era, where a concerto would be like for violin or clarinet that featured one particular soloist with orchestral accompaniment. And in fact, the word concerto really means one against the other. So Ellington took the idea of a classical concerto and redefined it and reformulated it so he could feature different individuals from his orchestra. The piece that we've been listening to, Concerto for Cootie, is a great example. It features the great playing of, of Cootie Williams, who was a master of tonal manipulation on the trumpet. Barney Begard, the great New Orleans clarinetist, played with Ellington from approximately 1927 to about 1940. Begard played what's called an Albert System clarinet, which is the old style that the, all the New Orleans clarinetists use at the turn of the century. The new style of clarinet, or modern style, is called the BAME system, has a different fingering system, and also has a very distinctly different sound. The old clarinets from New Orleans, the Albert System, had a 
dark and woody sound as opposed to a brighter and maybe a little bit more shrill sound of a modern clarinet. And Bagard had a great low register on the instrument, great high register. And one of the great concertos in this period was a piece called Clarinet Lament that Ellington wrote to feature Barney Bagard. The downside of the concertos is if when Barney Bagard left, obviously they couldn't play Clarinet Lament anymore because it was written for him. But um, that's a small price to pay. Let's listen to Clarinet Lament featuring the great clarinetist Barney Bagard. Rex Stewart was a cornetist who played with Ellington from the mid to late 30s through the 1940s. He was a great soloist, and he didn't play the trumpet, he played the cornet. And he was a master of using what we call half valves on the instrument, which creates this very unique sound, almost like a person talking. And again, that was his gift to Ellington, and Ellington realized that he did this better than anyone else. So he wrote a piece called Boy Meets Horn that features the great Rex Stewart. And this is from a live recording from the Ellington Orchestra. This is Rex Stewart with Boy Meets Horn. period from approximately late 1938 to early 1941, the band was known as the Blanton-Webster Band. It was a period when the great bassist Jimmy Blanton, who was very young and and really was a pioneer of uh, modern jazz bass playing, joined the group and revolutionized the way the instrument was played in jazz. Also, this period marks the entrance of the great Ben Webster to the group. Ellington had great trumpet soloists, trombone soloists, clarinet, alto saxophonist, baritone, but he didn't have a strong tenor saxophone soloist until Ben Webster joined the group. 
this was probably the greatest band he ever had in terms of soloing ability and just color and texture and all the great material that he was writing from this period. One of my favorite pieces from this time is called Jack the Bear. It's not exactly a concerto, but it does feature the bassist, Jimmy Blanton. Remember, Ellington was able to utilize the various gifts of all these musicians, and Jimmy Blanton had a tremendous gift in his ability to play the bass. Remember, at this time, there were never bass solos in big band pieces. In fact, you hardly ever hear the bass featured at all. Duke Ellington had this young bassist who had phenomenal technique, and he utilizes Jimmy Blanton's particular gifts. Let's listen to Jack the Bear. Blanton, great bassist who played with Ellington in the late 1930s, passed away when he was only, I believe, 22 or 23 years old. But for the year and a half or so that he did play with Ellington, he made a lot of recordings. And Ellington looked at his individual musicians, again, as colors on a palette. Shortly before Blanton passed, Ellington went into the studio and did a series of wonderful duets with uh, Jimmy Blanton. So this last piece we're going to listen to is, I guess you might call it a concerto, but it really features the phenomenal skills of the great bassist Jimmy Blanton. And this is called Pitter Patter Pan. 